O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpachah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10.17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week, we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Toldot, and it means generations. Genesis 26, 13-22 And the man grew richer and richer until he was very wealthy. He acquired flocks and herds and a large household, so that the Philistines envied him. And the Philistines stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of his father Abraham, filling them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you have become far too big for us. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the wadi of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac dug anew the wells which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham's death, and he gave them the same names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants, digging in the river, found there a well of spring water, The herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. He named that well Essek, because they contended with him. 
And when they dug another well, they disputed over that one also, so he named it Sitna. He moved from there and dug yet another well, and they did not quarrel over it, so he called it Rehoboth, saying, Now at last Hashem has granted us ample space to increase in the land. From there he went to Beersheba. Ezekiel three sixteen to six fourteen. After those seven days, the word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, I appoint you watchmen for the house of Israel. And when you hear a word from my mouth, you must warn them for me. If I say to a wicked man, you shall die, and you do not warn him, you do not speak to warn the wicked man of his wicked course in order to save his life. He, the wicked man, shall die for his iniquity, but I will require a reckoning for his blood from you. But if you do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn back from his wickedness and his wicked course, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have saved your own life. Again, if a righteous man abandons his righteousness and does wrong, when I put a stumbling block before him, he shall die. He shall die for his sins. The righteous deeds that he did shall not be remembered. But because you did not warn him, I will require a reckoning for his blood from you. If, however, you warn the righteous man not to sin, and he, the righteous, does not sin, he shall live because he took the warning, and you will have saved your own life. Then the hand of Hashem came upon me there, and he said to me, Arise, go out to the valley, and there I will speak with you. I arose and went out to the valley, and there stood in the presence of Hashem, like the presence that I had seen at the Chabar Canal, and I flung myself down on my face. And a spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet. He spoke to me and said to me, Go, shut yourself up in your house. As for you, O mortal, cords have been placed upon you, and you have been bound with them, and you shall not go out among them. And I will make your tongue cleave to your palate, and you shall be dumb. You shall not be a reprover to them, for they are a rebellious breed. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says Hashem, He who listens will listen, and he who does not will not, for they are a rebellious breed. And you, O mortal, Take a brick and put it in front of you, and incise on it a city, Jerusalem. Set up a siege against it, and build towers against it, and cast a mound against it. Pitch camps against it, and bring up battering rams round about it. Then take an iron plate, and place it as an iron wall between yourself and the city, and set your face against it. Thus it shall be under siege, you shall besiege it. This shall be an omen for the house of Israel. 
Then lie on your left side and let it bear the punishment of the house of Israel. For as many days as you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I impose upon you three hundred and ninety days, corresponding to the number of years of their punishment. And so you shall bear the punishment for the house of Israel. When you have completed these, you shall lie another forty days on your right side and bear the punishment of the house of Judah. I impose on you one day for each year. Then with bared arms set your face toward besieged Jerusalem and prophesy against it. Now I put cords upon you so that you cannot turn from side to side until you complete your days of siege. Further, take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and emmer. Put them into one vessel and bake them into bread. Eat it as many days as you lie on your side, 390. The food that you eat shall be by weight 20 shekels a day. This you shall eat in the space of a day. And you shall drink water by measure, drink a sixth of a hin in the space of a day. Eat it as a barley cake. You shall bake it on human excrement before their eyes. So, said Hashem, shall the people of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations to which I will banish them. Then I said, Ah, Hashem, my person was never defiled, nor have I eaten anything that died of itself or was torn by beasts from my youth until now, nor has foul flesh entered my mouth. He answered me, See, I allow you cow's dung instead of human excrement. Prepare your bread on that. And he said to me, O mortal, I am going to break the staff of bread in Jerusalem, and they shall eat bread by weight, in anxiety, and drink water by measure, in horror so that, lacking bread and water, they shall stare at each other heart-sick over their iniquity. And you, mortal, take a sharp knife, use it as a barber's razor, and pass it over your head and beard. Then take scales and divide the hair. When the days of siege are completed, destroy a third part in fire in the city. Take a third and strike it with the sword all around the city, and scatter a third to the wind, and unsheath a sword after them. Take also a few hairs from there and tie them up in your skirts, and take some more of them and cast them into the fire, and burn them in the fire. From this a fire shall go out upon the whole house of Israel. Thus said Hashem, I set this Jerusalem in the midst of nations with countries round about her. But she rebelled against my rules and my laws, acting more wickedly than the nations and the countries round about her. She rejected my rules and disobeyed my laws. Assuredly, thus said Hashem, because you have outdone the nations that are round about you, You have not obeyed my laws or followed my rules, nor have you observed the rules of the nations round about you. 
Assuredly, thus said Hashem, I in turn am going to deal with you, and I will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations. On account of all your abominations, I will do among you what I have never done, and the like of which I will never do again. Assuredly, parents shall eat their children in your midst, and children shall eat their parents. I will execute judgments against you, and I will scatter all your survivors in every direction. Assuredly, as I live, said Hashem, because you defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and all your abominations, I in turn will shear you away and show no pity. I in turn will show no compassion. One-third of you shall die of pestilence or perish in your midst by famine. One-third shall fall by the sword around you, and I will scatter one-third in every direction and will unsheathe the sword after them. I will vent all my anger and satisfy my fury upon them. And when I vent all my fury upon them, they shall know that I, Hashem, have spoken in my passion. I will make you a ruin and a mockery among the nations round about you, in the sight of every passerby. And when I execute judgment upon you in anger and rage and furious chastisement, you shall be a mockery and a derision, a warning and a horror to the nations round about you. I, Hashem, have spoken. When I loose the deadly arrows of famine against those doomed to destruction, when I loose them against you to destroy you, I will heap more famine upon you and break your staff of bread. I will let loose against you famine and wild beasts, and they shall bereave you. Pestilence and bloodshed shall sweep through you, and I will bring the sword upon you. I, Hashem, have spoken. The word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, turn your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy to them. And say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of Hashem. Thus said Hashem to the mountains and the hills, to the streams and the valleys, See, I will bring a sword against you and destroy your shrines. Your altar shall be wrecked, and your incense stands smashed, and I will hurl down your slain in front of your fetishes. I will cast the corpses of the people of Israel in front of their fetishes, and scatter your bones around your altars. In all your settlements the towns shall be laid waste, and the shrines shall be devastated. Thus your altars shall be laid waste and bear their punishment. Your fetishes shall be smashed and annihilated, your incense stands cut down, and your handiwork wiped out. And the slain shall fall in your midst. Then you shall know that I am Hashem. Yet I will leave a remnant, in that some of you shall escape the sword among the nations, and be scattered through the lands. And those of you that escape will remember me among the nations where they have been taken captive. How I was broken-hearted through their faithless hearts which turned away from me, and through their eyes which lusted after their fetishes. And they shall loathe themselves for all the evil they committed and for all their abominable deeds. Then they shall realize it was not without cause 
that I, Hashem, resolved to bring this evil upon them. Thus said Hashem, Strike your hands together and stamp your feet and cry, Aha! Over all the vile abominations of the house of Israel, who shall fall by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. He who is far away shall die of pestilence, and he who is near shall fall by the sword, and he who survives and is protected shall die of famine. Thus I will spend my fury upon them. And you shall know that I am Hashem, when your slain lie among the fetishes round about their altars on every high hill, on all the mountain tops, under every green tree, and under every leafy oak, wherever they presented pleasing odors to all their fetishes. I will stretch up my hand against them and lay the land waste and desolate in all their settlements from the wilderness as far as Dibla. Then they shall know that I am Hashem. Hebrews 4, 1-16 Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, Seeing, therefore, it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limits a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your hearts, for if Yeshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Psalm 104, 24-35 O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom you have made to play therein. These wait all upon you, that you may give them their meat in due season. That you give them, they gather. You open your hand, they are filled with good. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 26.27 Whoso digs a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolls a stone it will return upon him. I'd like to speak to you from Ezekiel's chapters 3 and 4, and then we're going to jump into Hebrews chapter 4. And in Ezekiel chapter 3, God is giving instruction here to Ezekiel, and he is to do a prophetic action. He's to to give a message to the people, not through his words, but through his actions. And it's a very unusual action that God tells him to do. He has him lie on his left side. This is chapter 4, verse 4. And... Let it bear for the punishment of the house of Israel, that's the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north. For as many days as you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. And so he's going to lie on his side 390 days, corresponding to 390 years. And then when he completes this, he shall lie another 40 days on his right side, this is verse 6, and bear the punishment of the house of Yehuda or Judah. I impose on you one day for each year. Now, the other thing that's highly unusual is when you back up to chapter 3, verse 26. Basically, Ezekiel is struck dumb. In other words, he's not able to speak. His tongue cleaves or sticks to the roof of his mouth. Verse 26 of chapter 3, And I will make your tongue cleave to your palate and you shall be dumb, or in other words, unable to speak. You shall not be a reprover to them, for they are a rebellious breed. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says Hashem, He who listens will listen, and he who does not will not, for they are a rebellious breed. 
So the only time he's allowed to speak is when the Lord has a word that he wants to say to the people, and then he's going to use Ezekiel as his mouthpiece. And when God isn't talking to them, Ezekiel doesn't speak at all. So there's no normal, common conversation or uh, senseless chatter at all. So this is what Ezekiel's called to do. They are in the process of being under siege. And some terrible things are about to come upon them. There's a famine. There's a big wall around the city. And of course, no food, no supplies, no resources can get, can get in through the city gate. Because outside of the walls are the Babylonians laying siege to them. And so we have read that terrible things happen that parents shall eat their children or children shall eat their parents. Cannibalism. Horrific. In chapter 4, verse 9, it is written, Further, take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and emmer. Put them into one vessel and bake them into bread. Eat it as many days as you lie on your side, 390. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Ezekiel demonstrates to his listeners the dire straits the people from Jerusalem are in during the final Babylonian siege against the city. According to the Talmud, Ezekiel rations to himself inedible flour and inferior grains and limits his water in order to portray the austere conditions under which the people of Jerusalem are suffering. As a final blow, these foods are prepared in an impure manner Verse 13, something repulsive to the sensitive prophet-priest. Indeed, bread and water were very scarce during the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem, as the Bible indicates elsewhere. The tongue of the suckling cleaves to its palate for thirst. Little children beg for bread. None gives them a morsel. That's from Lamentations 4.4. So then in chapter 5, he's given further instructions from the Lord on another prophetic action that he takes. He takes some of the hair from his beard, and a third of it, he does something with um, parts of the the hair from his beard. Chapter 5, verse 2. When the days of siege are completed, destroy a third part in fire in the city, take a third and strike it with the sword all around the city, and scatter a third to the wind, and unsheath a sword after them. Verse 3, Take also a few hairs from there, and tie them up in your skirts, and take some more of them, and cast them into the fire, and burn them in the fire. From this a fire shall go out upon the whole house of Israel. So the whole house of Israel, that term is referring to both northern kingdom and southern kingdom, all twelve tribes. Verse 5, Thus said Hashem, I set this Jerusalem in the midst of nations with countries round about her. The Israel Bible commentary to that verse reads as follows, God tells Ezekiel that he has set Jerusalem as the center of the world, 
the rest of the countries around it. In medieval times, Jerusalem was literally thought of as the center of the world, and maps were drawn to reflect that understanding. Jerusalem remains the religious and spiritual center of the world, as it says in Isaiah 2, verse 3, For instruction shall come forth from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Indeed, all the major monotheistic religions of the Western world consider Jerusalem to be their holy city, and it contains their most sacred places. As Rabbi Isaac Arbabanel analogizes, the heart is to the rest of the body, as Jerusalem is to the world. Now I want us to jump into Hebrews chapter 4. And this, these verses that we read today have to do with entering into God's rest. And in verse 7 he says, There's a certain day, and he's quoting from the Psalms, words that David spoke today after so long a time as it is said today if you will hear his voice and harden not your heart verse 10 for he that has entered into his rest he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his so that's a reference to the creation week and when you think about it day one through six God labored he worked He created, he spoke, let there be light, and then there was light. He spoke, let the dry land appear, and the dry land appeared. He was busy working and creating. And on the seventh day, God rested. He did that as an example for us. And so, what's very easy to fall into is that we are we can be very driven and we have a strong work ethic and we're programmed from a young age to work. We work to earn points in school. We work and turn in, you know, projects and papers and that sort of thing to earn a grade. We work in a job and we earn money. So everything is we work and then you get something. Okay. So, what we have to be careful of, I think of the Mary-Martha analogy, that that story. Martha is busy serving and putting up meals and doing the dishes and all of that, but Mary has taken a break from her labor, and she's sitting at the feet of Yeshua and listening and and drinking in every word that he speaks. And Martha gets resentful and says, Lord, Lord, look at her. Uh, Why can't she help me? I need help. And Yeshua's words, it's a gentle reproof. He says, Martha, Martha, you are so full. You're so busy. But Mary has chosen the better thing. And I'm not going to rebuke her for that. So... There are times when we do have to get things done. We have dishes to do. We have bills to pay. We have to drive to work. We have tasks to complete. But I think the trick is learning how to shift gears, that there's a time when we need to just stop what we're doing and sit still 
and shut out the noise and the din and the confusion and the busyness of the world and be still and be quiet and rest and listen. What can help that is when you have a special place that you go to where you go to spend time with the Lord. It can be a little corner in the bedroom. It can be a closet, a large walk-in closet that you convert into a little prayer room. It can be a foyer that you can hang up a spring rod and a shower curtain and turn that foyer into a little prayer room. But a place where you can go, where you can shut the door, so to speak, to interruptions and noise and distractions and where you can spend time with the Lord. What we have to be careful of is that we don't fall into works like I'm trying to earn God's approval. I'm trying to earn his uh, blessing and, and, and earn my salvation. And so we do all these good works like join the choir or volunteer at some function at church or, um, you know, be on the board of elders and we're just work, 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 work. God is after our heart, and he wants relationship with us. He doesn't want just dead, dry works, mechanical, rote, without meaning or purpose. He wants relationship. And so I just encourage you to do a, sit down and do an inventory and look at everything that's on your plate and ask the Lord, Father, do you want me to continue in this activity? Yes or no? Father, do you want me to continue in this activity? Yes or no? And just go through your list of all your responsibilities, of all the things that you're involved in, and ask him. Seek his direction. And this is something we need to do regularly and periodically. He may say yes today, but six months from now or a year from now, He may not want you doing that activity anymore. And if you don't ask him and inquire of the Lord, um, then there's something on your plate that shouldn't be there. So if we don't do that, if we don't seek him, he can take our plate and turn the whole thing upside down and everything falls off. And, you know, what does that look like? Well, if someone has a stroke or a heart attack and now they're in the hospital and they're flat out in bed for a long time, that's taking the plate and turning it upside down and everything falls off for a season. So don't let it get to that point. Seek the Lord. Ask him. Inquire of him. Lord, what do you want me involved with right now today? Take it to him in prayer and seek him. And we are to walk in faith, not in works. We are not saved by our works. We're saved by faith in believing in Yeshua, that he is our Savior, that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again three days later, and he's returning to us once again. So by faith we are saved, not by works, lest any man boast. And so may we learn to enter into the rest of God. May we find that balance between 
having to get our daily tasks done, but also learning to hit the pause button, to be still and be quiet, and to listen to the Lord. May we learn to do that better. And it may mean turn off the TV. Turn off the video games. Turn it off and spend some time with the Lord. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.